I'd like you to turn with me, if you would, this morning to the book of Habakkuk. In the Old Testament, Habakkuk. Say, Pastor, where is that? Uh, Page 716 in my Bible. And I'm sure you have a different one. Amen. (laughs) It's sandwiched right between Nahum and Zephaniah, just to help you locate. Uh, I I don't know if it's possible they can put GPSs on some of these minor prophets, give us a little bit easier, you know, a little bit of a a better uh, ability to, to reach where they are in a very short amount of time. In the book of Habakkuk, uh, I had not intended to share this message, but uh, had a message all planned for today and just was, had been reading in this book and, and came across a, a, a couple of verses of Scripture that really spoke to me and I believe were for today and for you today. Because there is something... In my heart, and I believe that all of us need to come to the place where we say, God, whatever it is that we have right now, we need more. You know, the world makes a, they make it their goal that whatever it is that they have and they possess, they're always going after more. Always. You know, you you make a million dollars a year, and of course... (laughs) I don't know if anybody in here is making a million dollars a year. If you are, you need to tithe. <clears throat> Not for nothing, but if if you're making, you know, if you're making ten thousand a year, you need, still need to tithe. But but you know, I don't think there's anybody in this room who can really identify with that. But nonetheless, doesn't matter how much you're making, you always want a little bit more. That's sort of the way the world pursues what it is that they possess, what it is that they have. You know, we know and I know that in the kingdom of God, we have everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. But when it comes to our relationship with the Lord and when it comes to Him, you know, going after Him and going after God with everything that is within us, There always, I believe, has to be that cry within us that says, Lord, I need just a little bit more than what I have. The title of this message today is Renew Your Works. Renew Your Works. I'd like you to go with me and the book of Habakkuk, just to give you a little, a tiny bit of background with it, Habakkuk probably more than likely was a contemporary of Jeremiah the prophet right toward the end of of the nation of Judah. Jeremiah ministered all the way through the time where, you know, the the tiny nation of Judah was was, uh, just sinning so badly. Just so many bad things were were happening uh, in the nation. And he prophesied about how it was that if the people didn't repent, that, that God was going to send another nation in to judge the nation of Judah. Right around before that took place, we also have the ministry of Habakkuk. And yet, this little book is a very interesting book because 
in this there is no prophecy against the nation of Judah for their sin. There is no, uh, no prophecy even against other nations. It is literally a conversation between Habakkuk the prophet and God. And this conversation is an interesting one. We don't have time to get into all of it because really where I want to go is in chapter 3. But you read in chapters 1 and 2 and it's back and forth. It's Habakkuk talking about how long, O oh Lord, do we are we going to look around and we're going to see the violence. The violence is happening in his own nation, the nation of Judah. How long, O oh Lord, are we going to look around and see all of this? And I'll just give you a little hint as to what God's first response was. In chapter 1, God said to Habakkuk, well, here's what I'm going to respond to you. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to raise up the Babylonians. And they're going to come in. But then, you know, Habakkuk hears what God has to say about the Babylonians coming into the nation and bringing judgment. And he says, but wait a minute. I'm not sure that's really the answer I was looking for. He says something else. But then God says his second response, in essence, in a nutshell, was, well, guess what? I'm also going to take care of the Babylonians once their time is up. When their time is up, judgment is going to come upon them, and it's going to be those who live by faith that will survive. This is where we see in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews quotes this verse of Scripture out of Habakkuk, the just will live by faith. My righteous ones will live by faith. But then in chapter 3, it no longer becomes a back and forth conversation as such, but it begins a prayer that Habakkuk prays. And the first part of this prayer is what I want us to really see. The Bible says this in verse 2. It says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. In wrath, remember mercy. But I want you to see what he says in the first part of that. Lord, I have heard of your fame. In other words, Lord, I've heard about all the things that you have done for your people. I'm a prophet of God. I've studied the, the, the scriptures. I've studied what, what it was that you did for the people of Israel when they came out of Egypt. I studied what it was that you did when the people, uh, the, the second generation came out of the, the wilderness and went into the land of Canaan and how you parted the Jordan. You, you stopped the waters of the Jordan. I've read about all of that. I've seen the great things that you did for David and some of his mighty men. I've seen all of the things that you did through the judges. I've seen the power of God through the pages of Scripture. I've seen all of the things that you have accomplished as I read on the pages of this wonderful book. And yet he says, I've heard about your fame. But the question is, brothers and sisters, we can hear about what God has done, but the question is, are we satisfied with just hearing about it or do we want to experience it? 
I got the sense as I read this, this was a prophet of God saying, God, I've heard about it. I've read about it. I've heard people talk about it. But Lord, I've got to see it for myself. I don't want to be a a bystander. I don't want to be a spectator. Somebody who just looks back on the pages of Scripture and says, well, that took place back then. There are whole denominations made out of that. That kind of crazy nonsense. Well, that was for way back then. Brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but there was something that spoke to my heart in this that said, God, I've got to see a whole lot more than what I'm looking at right now. I've got to see you do more than what it is that I have seen in the past. Lord, the past isn't good enough. Your fame isn't good enough. Your fame, oh God, as wonderful as it is, doesn't necessarily minister to my need at the moment, but God, I want you to do something right here and right now. Lord, I've heard of your fame. There are some who are sitting here today, I can guarantee you, you have done nothing more than hear about what God has done. Maybe you've prayed a prayer of repentance and you've come to Christ and you know that you need Jesus in your heart and you, you are doing your best to live for the Lord and yet you find that so often you stumble and you fall and it seems like you just can't seem to, to get the victory over one thing or another and yet you hear what people have come through. You hear about addictions and bondages being broken and you hear about how people are rescued from their sin and, 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 and whatever it was that they're involved in man they've been pulled out of it and yet you sit there and you say well that hasn't happened to me so certainly maybe God isn't going to do that for me you know what brothers and sisters isn't it time for us to to stand up and begin to say God you've got to do something more for me you've got to come and you've got to change what's happening on the inside of me I can't exist I can't go on the way things are right now but God I need something from your hand today you know what, folks, it's time to get a little bit frustrated. It's time to get a little bit tired of just the mundane. You know, there are people who are they're content to go to church. They're content to take up a, a space in a pew. And they feel as though somehow, as long as we're doing that, you know, it's all right. Come on, pastor, don't, don't, don't make me one of those fanatics. You know what Paul said to the Corinthians? He says, I'm beside myself. Why? Because he, he, he believed this truth and he believed it could change people's lives. Brothers and sisters, why isn't it that you and I come to the place where we say, God, we've got to have more of you. If we don't have anything else in this life, we've got to have more of you. I'm tired of hearing about the fame. I'm tired of hearing about what it was that God did for somebody else. We need to pray, Lord, you've got to come and you've got to do something great in and through my life. I want to see the power of God once again. Renew them in your day. But he says this, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. When you read about some of the things that God has done in Scripture, some of the things that are revealed there, and then you begin to hear about what it is that God has done for others around you, You stand in awe of what it is that that he has done. There is no doubt in my mind. You look around, you say, God is a great God. God's a powerful God. But yet there's something on the inside of you at times that says, but you know what? I don't think he's going to do that for me. I don't think anything like that's going to happen here. I don't think anything like that. Listen, I look around this morning 
You know what, folks? I got to tell you, there's a little bit of frustration in my own heart as a pastor. Let me just share that with you. Anybody happen to know the population of the city of Chicago? Just off the top of your head, anybody? Just yell out the number. Go ahead. Seven million? Six million? Three million? Millions. Let's just say millions. It's most definitely, I'd say, the three or over. And yet we look around us this morning in this building. Why aren't we packed out? Why aren't we, why aren't we wondering how it is we're going to fit everybody in here? Why don't we have that kind? You know why? Because you know what? Many times we get caught up in saying, but this is our own little group of people. We get used to everybody around us. And we say, we can't mix it up like this. No, 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 brothers and sisters. We have got to have a heart that says, there are, there are millions of people in this one city that we live in, that we inhabit. God, help me to make a difference in this city. I don't want to just hear about what it is that somebody else is doing. I want you to see you do it in this place. I want to see you come by the power of your spirit and revive the young people who are bored out of their minds and can't take it anymore because you know what? It is boring. They come into a place and they see mom and dad sit there and they twiddle their thumbs and they see nothing happen in their lives on a regular basis and on a weekly basis. Why would they press into God? Why would they want to try to get anything more out of a service? You want to know, you say, well, but wait a minute, pastor, you don't know how I live. You don't know what's going on in my life. No, I don't know what's going on in your life. But I got to tell you this, brothers and sisters, when it comes down to this place, it is more than just a Sunday meeting that we are concerned about. It's how we're living on a regular basis, on a daily basis. When you wake up Monday morning, it's you don't forget God. You don't forget what God has done in this place. We've got to say, God, I... I i got to stand in awe of your deeds. We don't just stand in awe of his deeds on a Sunday, folks. we got to stand in awe of his deeds on a regular basis. Maybe it is that, that, that people come to this, this place in their lives where they just say, this is all there is. Let me just sort of make it through until I die and go to heaven. I don't want to just make it through. I don't want it to be this, this ride where I just sort of, you know, let me coast. Folks, this is not a social club. This is not a place. I know there are churches, you can make it this social club. You can make it this time where we get together and we just do our own thing. And, you know, we, we enjoy each other's company. I'm all, I'm all for the, the fellowship that we have with one another. But when it comes down to it, when we come into this building, we've got to say, God, I've got to have more and more of you. I need you to change me. We had a powerful time of worship this morning. But the question is, is that time of worship reserved for the 15 to 20 minutes that we experience on a Sunday? Or are we worshiping on a regular basis? Oh, God, help me. I stand in awe of your deeds, oh, Lord. And now here it is. He says in this one little statement, I'm tired of the past. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of everybody talking about what you have done in the past. He says, renew them in our day. Renew them in our day. In other words, Lord, I don't really, I'm grateful for what I've heard that you have done, but God, I, I need it to happen now. 
I need you to do something right now in this situation. That word renew can also mean revive. There are places over and over in Scripture where that, that cry comes out, that cry for revival, that cry that says the Holy Spirit needs to be poured out in a new and a fresh way, in a mighty way that will change our lives forever. Brothers and sisters, we've got to pray, Lord, renew Your works in our day. Renew Your works in our day. I don't want it to be just one of those things that we read about in Scripture, but I want to begin to experience the great power and the might and the mercy and the grace and the compassion of God in a wonderful way that will revolutionize your life, that will change what it is, the decisions that you make, the decisions that you begin to be confronted with instead of saying, well, it's all up to me. No, Lord, we're going to look to you. Renew your works. Renew your deeds. Renew them in our day. God, there's something missing. He was saying, Lord, we're missing something here. And we know that you have it to be able to give, but God, we're not in the position to receive it. But God, renew it. Do something great in us. And brothers and sisters, we've got to begin to pray that when we come into this building, that we cry out to God and say, God, I want you to renew what it is that you have done. I want you to come by the power of your spirit. Listen, as good as services as we've been having, they've been wonderful. They've been powerful, great times of worship. But brothers and sisters, you cannot live on last week's blessing. You've got to have something fresh for today, something new for today. You've got to say, God, I want more. I want more. I need more. We can't do without it, folks. As a church, as a body of believers, we cannot do without the presence of the Lord. We need the power of God in this place like never before. Some of you say, I don't even know what that looks like. All the more reason we need to pray for it. All the more reason we need to believe God for His grace in this place that His power and His glory would be revealed in a mighty, mighty way in this building. That when people come through the doors, that it would be more than, than just saying, well, this is a nice little group of people and they're so kind and they're so loving and all of that. But I want to see them changed by the power of God. When they come through the doors and they begin to experience the presence of God, that they would begin to realize that God is in this building. Listen, I'm glad you're here today, folks. But it's like Moses said, it's, it's like he said on one occasion, God, unless you go with us, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere without God. We've got to have the power of almighty God in this place so that he will change people's lives. And I believe he can still do it. I believe he still changes men and women, that he makes them new. The Bible says that, that when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Look, that means we don't look like the old people anymore. The old, the old person that you used to be. You say, on the outside, I still do. Yes, you do. But on the inside, you're new. There's something new that has changed. Something that, that's going on on the inside that has revolutionized your life. And it's the power of God. He cries out and says, Lord, renew them in our day. Renew them in our day. Listen, if you are, are a prayer, you need to pray this prayer. If you're an individual that God uses to intercede, you need to intercede for this local body on this level, right here. 
Renew them, Lord, in our church. Renew them in Praise Tabernacle. Renew your awesome works and your awesome deeds and what it is that you want to do and you want to accomplish in people's lives. Lord, renew them in our day. Why is this so important? It's important because in Judges chapter 2, I'd like you to just turn over there very quickly. In Judges chapter 2, we are confronted with a problem. And it is not an old problem. It is not a new problem. It is just simply a problem. It is a problem that exists today. In Judges chapter 2, And verse 10 says this. Now let's back up a little bit and read at verse 8. Joshua, son of Nun, servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath Herez, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaish. And here it is in verse 10. After that whole generation, that is that Joshua generation, had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then... The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They provoked the Lord to anger. Because they forsook Him and served Baal and, and the Asterisks, in His anger against, the Lord, against Israel, the Lord handed them over to raiders, who plundered them, he sold them to their enemies all around them whom they were no longer able to resist. But verse 10 gives us that vital piece of information. There was a generation that arose that did not know the Lord nor the works that he had done. And brothers and sisters, we are living in a time where there is a younger generation that is growing up that knows absolutely nothing about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They know nothing about what it is that God has done in your life. They know nothing about what it is that God has done in other people's lives. They don't know about God. They don't know about the Lord. And you know what? The sad thing is, is they've got a piece of the older generation telling them that it's not a big deal, that it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you believe something. They've got a piece of the past generation telling them just to, you know, it doesn't really, whatever feels good to you, you go ahead and you do it. But you know what, brothers and sisters, we as Christians, as believers, we have to pray, God, renew your works in our day so that the current generation who doesn't know anything about the power of God and what the Lord has done in people's lives will begin to see it and they'll begin to hunger for it and they'll begin to cry out for it and they'll begin to say, Lord, if you can do it for them, I believe that you can do it for me as well. I believe that you can change my life. Listen, going after after the things of this world is not what it's all about. Because you know what, folks? As Pastor Impaglia used 
to say over and over and over again. You ain't going to take it with you. You can possess everything that you have that, you, you, that money can buy in this world. And you know what? In the end, you go the way that you came. You came with nothing. You leave with nothing. It's not about what you possess. It's about who you know. It's about who you know. You hear that expression, it's all in who you know? Oh, yes, it is. That is absolutely right. Politically, but more, more important, spiritually, it's all in who you know. Do you know Jesus? And do you have him in your life? Is there something on the inside of you that says, God, I know you, but i got to know more? David, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. And yet in Psalm 42... He writes, as the deer pants after the water brook, so my soul longs after you. In other words, there was a part of David that says, God, I know you, but I need to know you more. I know you, Lord, but I've got to have more of you. I've got to have the power of God in my life. I've got to have you, Lord, day in and day out, that it changes the way that I think, the way that I act, the way that I am. It changes everything about me. Why? Because in the end, folks don't need to see you. They need to see Jesus. They don't need to see a little bit more of your personality, a little bit more of who you are. They need to see Jesus. We've got to say, God, renew, renew your works in our day, renew your deeds in our day. In our time, the Bible says in Habakkuk 3 and verse 2, make them known. In our time, make them known. In other words, Lord, don't keep them hidden. Don't let anything, don't be silent. But Lord, let's begin to see the great power and the works and the mighty deeds of God. You say, but wait a minute. He's praying for something here. And, and if we understand Jerem the history of that time period, a little bit of Jeremiah's time, then we understand this. The Babylonians came in and they removed the people of God. They took them into captivity, into Babylon. But you've got to see this for a minute. And you've got to see how great and mighty God is. How faithful He is to the Lord. Because here's what He said to Habakkuk earlier in chapter 1. He said, I'm going to raise up the Babylonians. In other words, when God fulfilled his word, he's saying, I'm still a God who can be trusted. But the Babylonians were, were evil and they did bad things to the Israelites. They carted them away into a foreign land. They took them into captivity. Yes, they did. But they did so because God said, this is what has to happen to bring this group of people to a place where they repent once and for all for their idolatry. Do you know when we read the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, in those books when the people of Israel begin to come back into their homeland and they begin to possess the land once again, the land that God gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, guess what we don't ever find in those books? We never find throughout the rest of Israelite history idolatry. God took care of the idolatry. He took it out of their lives. The works of God may have been as a result of his judgment may have been his judgment coming upon the people. But it was always that God had in mind that he would restore and he would bring his people back into the land once again. When he's praying, Lord, in our time, make them known. He did make them known. 
You see, we can believe and we can trust that God is going to do something great. But folks, we've got to pray and we've got to believe the Lord that He is going to come by His mighty power. That He is going to change the face of our situation, our church, our lives on a daily basis rather than living in frustration. We begin to live in faith. We begin to live believing that God can do the impossible in our lives. Listen to what the Bible says in the last part of that. In wrath, remember mercy. And he absolutely did that. He preserved his people. Once again, they're carted away into a foreign land. They're into a place where they had never been before. And yet, he preserved them. And when they came back, brothers and sisters, they came back absolutely free from the bondage that had held them. The idolatry that they had known was no longer a part of them. He remembered mercy. And I love the first part of verse 3. This is awesome. God came from Timon, the Holy One from Mount Paran. This actually, chapter 3, is almost set up like a psalm. He says, Selah. In other words, think about this. Dwell on this. But you know what, brothers and sisters? Here's what happened. This is, if there is ever a definition of what revival is, it is God came. If you want to know what revival is all about, it is the power of God coming into your life and beginning to change you on the inside. Say, Pastor, I'm pretty content with who I am. I'm glad you are. I'm not. I, I get a little frustrated with, with who I am as an individual. Why? Because there are times in my life I act in the flesh. I act according to what I want, what I want to do, how I think things ought to be. We've got to say, God, you come and you begin to change what's happening on the inside. Lord, you begin to move in my life in a mighty way. When God comes, brothers and sisters, I want you to know he will come in his mighty power and he will begin to change your life. He will begin to make himself known as the one that can be trusted absolutely in every situation. Can we bow our heads today? And I want us just begin to search our hearts right now. And I want us to begin to ask ourselves these important questions. Am I satisfied with where I am today in God? Or do I recognize that I need more of His presence? Am I satisfied with the way things are? If you're satisfied today, I, I seriously hope that you will begin to sort of re-examine where you are. Because you know what? In the end, we've got to have more of God. We've got to have more of His power in our lives. More of His grace. More of His mercy. And you might be here today and you might be saying to yourself, Pastor, maybe it is that God spoke to you for you. Well... You can say that. I believe that he did. I don't think there's any sermon, any message that is preached where God is not speaking to the pastor for the pastor. That's how it all comes down, folks. But as I looked at this verse of Scripture, and I'm sure that I didn't do it justice today, but as I look at this verse of Scripture, I believe that there is something in this for all of us as a body of believers. 
that we need to begin to pray more than ever before. Lord, renew your works. Renew your deeds in our day. Make them known to us. Make them known. I don't want to be known as a church that's just this you know, little quaint little church here on Devon Avenue. But I want to be known as this kind of a place that has the power of God to be able to make Christ known in such a mighty and a powerful way in people's lives. God has to help us. I want us to stand together right now.